0: And this is the testimony of John, when the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, who are you? He confessed and did not deny, but confessed, I am not the Christ. And they asked him, what then? Are you Elijah? He said, I'm not. Are you the prophet? And he answered, no. So they said to him, who are you? To give an answer to those who sent us. What do you say about yourself? He said, I am the voice of one crying out in the wilderness, make straight the way of the Lord, as the prophet Isaiah said. Now they had been sent from the Pharisees, and they asked him, then why are you baptizing, if you are neither the Christ, nor Elijah, nor the prophet? John answered them, I baptize with water, but among you stands one you do not know, even he who comes after me, the strap of whose sandal I am not worthy of to untie. These things took place in Bethany, across the Jordan, where John was baptizing. This is the word of God. Let's pray. God, we thank you that your word is is alive and active. God, that you speak to us through it each time that we open it. And so, God, we do that again, and we ask you, Holy Spirit, would you speak to us as we sit under your word this morning? Jesus, as we see you encountering people, meeting people, and them coming to the conclusion that you are the Son of God. Lord, I pray that the same would happen for each and every one of us in this room. I pray in your name, Jesus. Amen. Well, there's there's a, a big difference between hearing something described and then experiencing it for yourself. I've never been skydiving, but I've been told that you can do all of the reading that you want about skydiving, right? You can read about um, what it's like to jump out of an airplane, what it's like to feel the parachute pull and, and thank the good Lord when the parachute opens. You can, you can read all about it, but there's nothing quite like actually being up in the plane. The anticipation as the door opens and you feel the wind and then you you fall out of the plane and You're falling and your face is like pushed back um, as as the air is blowing it and you're hoping, I really hope this parachute opens and then the parachute does open and you're gliding to the ground. Words and descriptions cannot compare to the actual experience of jumping out of an airplane. And the idea is sunset, right? Think of a sunset as you you hear a sunset described, and, and you can kind of imagine it. Like, it's pink, and it's orange, and, and there's some puffy clouds, and then some swirly clouds, and then there's an airplane line that you're, you're following. And you can kind of picture it, but there's nothing like actually going outside, watching the sunset, experiencing it for yourself. Words and descriptions fall short of being able to, to really experience the beauty of the sunset, for yourself and the same is true with jesus because as john is is writing this account of Jesus' life he says i'm writing this so that you will believe that jesus is god and that by believing in him you will have life in his name he says i'm writing these things so that you can actually see jesus see him as he is see what he's like and then that you can take it a step further and you can actually believe in him. To believe that he is who he says he is in his name. John says, I'm inviting you now to experience Jesus, to encounter Jesus as you read the pages of this book. And that's what we're asking God to do in us today as we read in John chapter 1. Because in this chapter, we see different people from different walks in life, meeting Jesus in different ways. But all of those who meet Jesus with faith, they all come to the exact same conclusion. And that that conclusion is, Jesus, you are the Son of God. You are the one that we have been waiting for. And so I want to ask you this morning, as you consider your life, have you encountered the real Jesus? Have you met Jesus? Or can you can you look at your life and say like my life has changed like I know that my life has changed and it has been because I love and serve Jesus because I've met Him. Or would you just say well oh, Jesus is kind of just another topic that I've read about. Jesus is is maybe something that I that I study but he's not someone that I've actually experienced. Or he's yeah I take it to heaven but I don't think about him I don't really consider him here on earth, well, it's my prayer that we can see Jesus this morning as he is, wherever you're at on your journey with him, and that that you will respond in faith to his invitation this morning as he tells all these different people, come and see. Come and see who I am. Come and see what I do. So the main idea of these verses is the main idea that we're going to follow throughout this sermon, and it is that those who encounter Jesus are changed as they come to the same conclusion, Jesus is the Son of God. And I want you to consider the word that I I used there, the word encounter, because just as it is with skydiving and with sunsets, being around Jesus, hearing about Jesus, uh, reading about him is important, but that cannot be the end of our relationship with Jesus, because it's not by knowing about jesus that we have life in his name john says it's by believing in jesus knowing jesus loving that we have life in his name and the first group of people that we see in john chapter one here from verses 19 through 28 these are people that are around jesus they know about jesus but they don't know jesus and how it plays out is, John the Baptist, he was baptizing people. So people are coming to him, he's baptizing them, and he's preparing the way for Jesus. And so the religious leaders approach him, they hear about what he's doing, and they're like, John, who are you? Like, we, we want to know who you are. And immediately when they ask him, who are you, he says, well, I'm not the Christ. I'm not the Messiah. So then they're like, well, are you Elijah? He says, no. Are you the prophet? No. Okay, then who are you? And he says in verse 23, I am the voice of one crying out in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord as the prophet Isaiah said. So he's saying, I'm not Isaiah, but I'm the one that the prophet Isaiah spoke about. He tells him, so they ask him, okay, but then why are you baptizing people. And he responds in verses 26 and 27. He says, I baptize with water, but among you stands one you do not know. Even he who comes after me, the strap of whose sandal I am not worthy to untie. And in this situation, we don't know how they respond. We don't get a response from from the religious leaders. But what stands out in this interaction between John the Baptist, and the people who are sent from the religious leaders is that comment that we just read when John says, among you stands one who you do not know. Because the religious leaders, if you ask them about God, they could give you all the answers. They could tell you everything about God. They, they read all about the Messiah that was going to come, but The one that they were reading about was present he was in their midst he was among them and they didn't recognize it or to use the illustration from earlier the 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 plane door opened jump the sun was setting but they didn't go outside to enjoy it and we need to to consider our lives in in light of of this reality with the religious leaders because in this country, like it's really easy for us to know a lot about Jesus. It's easy for us to be around Christians, to spend a lot of time learning about Jesus, but to not actually know Jesus. We can gain a bunch of, of knowledge, but, but not take that step of, of trusting in the one that we've been learning about. We can know a lot about Jesus without ever actually saying, Jesus, here's my life. My hands are open. Use my life. I trust in you. As one writer put it, we can be a fan of Jesus without being a follower of Jesus. And those are dangerous places to be. So so if we're like, okay, well, I I need to be aware of this. What's the the litmus test? How can we know if we're just knowledgeable about Jesus or if we actually are in relationship with actually his Followers, well, two questions that we can ask ourselves from this text. Do you believe that Jesus is the Son of God who came to bring you into relationship with God? And do you trust Him for that? Is He not not just the, the Son of God that did it for other people? Is He the Son of God that came to bring you into relationship with God? And has He done that? Do you trust Him for that? And the second question. How has your life changed then since you've met Jesus? How has your life changed since surrendering to him, since placing your faith in him? Because what we see in these religious leaders is that that they saw Jesus among them. He was in their midst, but they did not believe that he was the son of God. They did not trust in him. And their lives did change, but changed in a very negative way. As they, as we're going to read throughout this gospel, they got more and more and more hostile to Jesus to the point of where they crucified him. So don't be deceived. Standing around Jesus is not what us. It's not what forgives our sins. But trusting in Jesus, following him, loving him, trusting in him, that is what saves us. That is the key of, of how our sins can be forgiven. That is how we find life in his name when we turn from sin and we say, Jesus, I trust in you as the son of God who died for my sins. And what we're gonna see in this chapter is that after we see these people who, who did not receive Jesus, we see a bunch of no- more people who, who did receive Jesus, who hear this invitation from Jesus to come, and they come. So first... We see this testimony from John the Baptist himself. So I want you to listen to how John encounters Jesus and how he is changed as he comes to this conclusion. Jesus is the Son of God. Starting in verse 29. The next day when Jesus was coming towards him, that's John, he said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is he of whom I said, After me, he on whom you see the Spirit descend and remain, this is he who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. And I have seen and have borne witness that this is the Son of God. Powerful testimony, right? John is, is giving this testimony. This is the Lamb of God and this is the Son of God. And one of the titles that he uses there, Lamb of God, is, is a really special um, invitation of, of seeing Jesus as the Lamb of God because as John was baptizing people, he was, he was preparing them for this one who would come. And the Lamb, the, the animal, before Jesus died, the Lamb is the animal that would be crucified, not crucified, would be killed in order to, to cover the sins of the people. But the blood of the Lamb the physical animal lamb, could, could never do away with sins. It could never make the sinner clean. But when Jesus arrives, John declares, this is the lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. What every sacrifice in the Old Testament looked forward to, John says, Jesus, the lamb of God, he's the one that can actually do it. He's the one that all of this looked forward to. Too, he can take away the sins of the world. And, and John admits he did not know immediately who Jesus was. When he first saw Jesus, he thought he was just another guy. But God had showed John, John, whoever you see the Spirit descend on like a dove as you baptize them, that is baptized with the Holy Spirit. And it was upon Jesus, as John baptized him, that the Spirit descended and remained. And so in that moment, John knew beyond a shadow of a doubt, Jesus, this man, is the Son of God. And he boldly gave his testimony, like, write my name down, make it clear that I, John the Baptist, testified Jesus is the Son of God. And John's testimony about Jesus as the Son of God, it changed his life because previously John had disciples following him. He had people following him that were learning from him, and that was awesome, but he realized people who are seeking God, they need to start going after Jesus now that Jesus is here, and they're going to stop going after me. So the moment that John saw Jesus and, and bore testimony that he is the Son of God, his role changed. He was no longer just preparing the way for the coming of the Son of God. Now, he was inviting people to follow Jesus instead of following him. His followers decreased while Jesus' followers increased, and it did not bother him because he knew that was his role. His role was, was to become less as Jesus becomes greater. For John, it was not all about John. It was all about Jesus. And, and the same is true for us today. Like our mission as followers of Jesus is that, that people would see our lives and, and through our relationship with them that they would follow Jesus. The end goal is not that we can gain more followers, but that Jesus can gain more followers because it's not about us. It's about him. And, and John models this so well. Listen to what happens after John gives this testimony, right? He shares, Hey, that is the Lamb of God. Starting in verse 35, it says, The next day, again, John was standing with two of his disciples. And he looked at Jesus as he walked by and said, Behold the Lamb of God. And the two disciples heard him say this, and they followed Jesus. They turned and saw them, or Jesus turned and saw them following, and said to them, What are you seeking? And they said to him, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? And he said to them, Come, and you will see. So they came and saw where he was staying, and they stayed with him that day, for it was about the tenth hour. So once again, as he did the day before, John sees Jesus. He says, Look, that's, that's the Lamb of God. And two of his disciples are like, Oh, sweet. See you, John. We're going to follow jesus now we're gonna go after him and instead of this being a moment for john to say no 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 follow me follow me he says great i imagine it is a moment of great pride for him when he's like i've been preparing the way and now they see jesus and now they want to follow jesus what a beautiful thing john's goal was accomplished they jumped out of the plane. They, they stepped out to enjoy the sunset because Jesus was there. They're, it communicates this desire for relationship. They call him teacher, meaning they want to learn from him, and they ask him, where is he staying, which means they want to spend time with him. Essentially, they're telling him that they want to be with him. They want to learn from him, and he says, okay, well come, and you'll see. And you and I, just like these two men, are are created for relationship with God. Whether we realize it or not, all of us have a a deep desire in our hearts to love God, to be known by God, and and to know God. It's a desire that, that he gave to us, and it's a desire that he gave to us so that it could be satisfied in him. So if you're like wanting to, to belong somewhere, come to Jesus. He welcomes you into his family. If you, if you want to, to learn from someone, he designed it all. If you, if you want to be fully known and, and fully loved, come to Jesus because he's the one who, who knows you fully and loves you so much that he gave his life so that you could be in relationship with him. He invites all of us, no matter where we're at, no matter what we're desiring, to come to him and to see who he is and what he does. And Andrew heard that invitation from Jesus. It starts to change Andrew's life, but then it starts to change Andrew's brother's life. So look at verses 40 to 42. Is one of the two who had heard John speak and follow Jesus was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He first found his own brother Simon and said to him, We have found the Messiah, which means Christ. He brought him to Jesus, and Jesus looked at him and said, You are Simon, the son of John. You shall be called. As they come to the conclusion, Jesus is the Son of God. See, Andrew had heard John's testimony, he had heard about this coming Messiah, and then he met Jesus, and then he came to the conclusion himself, Jesus is the Messiah. He is God. He is the one that we had been waiting for, and this is such good and exciting news for him that he went and grabbed his brother, and he's like, hey, come with me. I just met the Messiah. I just met Jesus. And when Jesus saw his brother Simon, he called him by his name, and then he said, But you're going to receive a new name. You will be called Cephas. You will be called Peter, which means rock. And as we trace the story of Simon Peter throughout the New Testament, we know that that Peter's life was up and down and, and all around, right? He's one that we're going to learn about a lot in the Bible, but he truly did become a rock. Peter that God used to preach the message of Jesus on Pentecost, when thousands gave their lives to Jesus and trusted in him as the Holy Spirit fell and as the birth of the church happened. See, Simon Peter met Jesus, the the firmest of all foundations, the strongest of all rocks, and he became a rock because of Jesus. Jesus. But who knows what Simon Peter's life would have looked like if he had not received that invitation to come meet Jesus from his brother. If his brother, if his brother had not said, hey, let's go meet Jesus. And I wanna take this into our context today because just, the, the realization, just, as, just as the realization that Jesus is the son of God changed Andrew and changed Simon Peter, it changes us too. And as we begin to follow Jesus, as we fall more and more in love with him, we get to use the gifts and, and the abilities and the, t- the talents and the desires that God has given us in order to really bless others and invite others into relationship with God so that they too can see and come to the conclusion that Jesus is God. And some of us have, have a gift like John the Baptist had to to call people to repentance and to faith in Jesus in everyday life. Some of us may have the gift like Andrew had where we're really good at inviting people and saying, hey, you should come see who this Jesus is too. Some of us may have gifts like Simon Peter who, who can boldly proclaim Jesus to the masses, but whatever gifts that God has given us, whatever gift he has given each of you he's done it on purpose there's a reason for the gifts that god has given you some of you are really good at inviting people into your homes into your city groups to our church and it's through some of those invitations that we have seen people encounter jesus and we've seen jesus change people's lives some of you are really good at being hospitable and it's because you Open up your kitchen table that people can, can know, man, I have a God who, who cares for me. I have a God who loves me, and he uses people. Some of you are really good at singing and leading us in worship and, and praise of God, and it's through you that we have songs in our mind and in our hearts that remind us of who Jesus is throughout the week, when we're like, I didn't even know that song was anywhere near my mind, but I can't stop singing it some of you are are really good at explaining god's word in ways that we can grasp and understand and apply to our lives and i could go on and on and on but what we see in andrew and in simon peter is that their encounter with jesus was not something that that they just kept to themselves it's not something they just said oh man it really worked well for me and i'm gonna keep it to myself no instead The moment that Andrew met Jesus and knew this is the Son of God, he said, Simon, Peter, come. I gotta show you what I just found. And encountering Jesus changes us, there's no mistake, but he changes us so that we can then share that message so that he can change others as well. It's never meant to stop with us. The gifts that God has has given us are not meant to only bless us, but to bless others through us. And as we continue in this story, we see that Andrew was not the only one who encountered Jesus and then allowed Jesus to reach others through him because Philip did too. But before Philip invites people to, to meet Jesus, Philip himself meets Jesus. So verses 43 through 46 say this. The next day, Jesus decided to go to Galilee. He found Philip and said to him, Follow me. Now Philip was from Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. And Philip went and found Nathaniel and said to him, We have found him of whom Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Nathaniel said to him, Can anything good come out of Nazareth? And Philip said to him, Come and see. So Philip was not actively looking for Jesus, but Jesus was looking for him. Notice how John writes that that Jesus decided to go to Galilee. And as Jesus arrived in Galilee, a man from Bethsaida was was there too. And that man was, was Philip. We don't know exactly why Jesus decided to go to Galilee. We don't know why Philip just happened to be in the same place. But we do know that as both of these men arrived in this location, they met. Jesus invited Philip, hey, come follow me, and Philip followed him. And just as Jesus met Philip, and as happened earlier, well, Philip goes, and he finds Nathaniel, and he says, hey, Nathaniel, we found the one that had been promised. We found the Messiah, They had found the one, the law, and the prophets. The entire Old Testament of our Bible had been pointing towards Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. And you can imagine he's so excited and Nathaniel, a bit skeptical, is like, what? Can anything good come out of Nazareth? He obviously had a a preconception about Nazareth that was not uh, positive, thinking nothing good could possibly come from Nazareth. But Philip, instead of arguing and trying to, to convince him, like, yeah, something good, good can come out of Nazareth, he just says, well, why don't you come and see? Why don't you figure out for yourself if anything good can come from Nazareth? And the invitation, as we've seen, has remained consistent throughout this chapter. Come and see. Come and see. Come and see. Encounter Jesus. Look to Jesus and see. Is he the one that we've been waiting for. And it's here that we see that Philip and Nathaniel they encounter Jesus. And they're changed as they come to the conclusion, Jesus, you are the Son of God. So verses 47 through 51 now, they show us what happened as Nathaniel goes and sees for himself. He hears the answer. It says this: Jesus saw Nathaniel coming toward him and said of him, Behold, And he said to him truly truly i say to you you will see the heaven opened and the angels of god ascending and descending on the son of man so nathaniel comes to jesus he hears this invitation he comes but jesus had already been watching him jesus had already been drawing nathaniel to himself and as jesus addresses him as he says, Look, this is an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. And then he tells him that the heavens will be opened and he will see the, the angels of heaven ascending and descending on the Son of Man. It's believed that that Jesus knew what Nathaniel was reading under that tree, and that what Nathanael was reading under that tree is the story of Jacob's ladder from the book of Genesis. And Nathaniel is, is putting these things together. He's understanding that what Jesus is saying and what I'm reading in the Bible is, is matching up. They're, they're a mere image of each other as he realizes Jesus knew that. He knew what I was reading. Knows what I was thinking and then calls it out. Then he comes to the certain conclusion, Jesus, you are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. There's no other one. And Jesus says, yes, you're right, I am. And you will see so many greater things than these. The story that you're reading in Genesis, I'm the fulfillment of that story. I'm the one who is bringing heaven to earth, and I'm the one who's bringing people from earth to heaven in relationship with God. All who trust in me get to experience that ladder because I am and these two men will, will follow Jesus throughout his life on earth. They will be his disciples. They will see him perform miracles and, and love the lost and heal the sick and preach and teach and pray. And what made that change in Nathanael? What made that change in him from, from someone who was asking, can anything good possibly come from Nazareth? To now proclaiming that that man from Nazareth is the son of God. What changed? Well, he had an encounter with Jesus. So we've seen in, in many different ways for many different people in this chapter. Those who encounter Jesus are changed as they all come to the same conclusion. Jesus is the son of God. And so I want to go back and ask the question that I asked earlier. Have you encountered the real Jesus? Have you met Jesus. Can you look at your life and, and say, my life has changed because I love and follow Jesus? Or is Jesus just another topic that you read about? Or, or a ticket that you think will, will get you to heaven and someone that has no impact on your life here on earth? Well, if you have not met Jesus, or if you thought you did, but you're reading this and you're like, well, my life hasn't changed at all since I thought I met Jesus. Well, I want you to consider how Jesus drew people to himself in this chapter. God gave John the Baptist a sign to look for. He said, look for this sign and when you see this sign, that person will be the son of God. And then God fulfilled the sign and John was able to boldly declare, Jesus is the son of God. John's two disciples, they didn't have a sign, but they had heard John's testimony. They had heard him teaching them about who this coming son of God would be. And then when they see him, they say, I'm going to follow him. And they come to the conclusion, this is the son of God. Andrew met Jesus face to face, and then he brought his brother Simon Peter, and Simon Peter then met Jesus, and they come to the conclusion that Jesus is the son of God as they follow him. And then Jesus found uh, Philip in a town that was not his own. He was just visiting in an area. Jesus met him there, and then Philip saw that Jesus is the Son of God, but then Philip found Nathanael, and then Jesus found Nathaniel, and then Nathanael believes and proclaims Jesus is the Son of God. So all of those different interactions, all of those different encounters with Jesus were different. They had a different form. They They started from a different situation but they all had a common thread each of these individuals they saw jesus they interacted with jesus and they all came to the same life-changing conclusion this jesus is the son of god so what about you have you responded to the invitation from jesus come and see See, he invites you even now to to turn from your sins and to come to him, to place your faith in him right now. He has shown himself as the Son of God who came from heaven to earth so that he could take away your sins. He came so that you could be in relationship with God. So I invite you to, to respond to that invitation to come and see, to trust in Jesus. To believe that Jesus is the Son of God, to give your life to him and trust everything to him knowing that he will bring you into relationship with God. He will forgive your sins and you will find life in his name. And for those of us who who do trust in Jesus, we have an incredible blessing, right? This same Jesus who drew these people that we read about in John to himself has drawn us to himself. We've met Jesus. Our lives have been changed and are continuing to be changed by Jesus, and what Jesus told Nathaniel is still true today, that we will continue to see Jesus do greater and greater things, because there's always more with the Lord. And and as we walk with him, as we follow him, as we get to know him more than than we forgive because we know that we've been forgiven. We love because we know we've been loved. We serve because we know we've been served. Jesus has changed our hearts. He has changed our lives, and he's done it because he's the son of God. And so we respond in worship, right? We join those that we read about this morning, and we say, Jesus has, has changed my life, so would you come and would you meet him Two, we invite others to meet Jesus. See what he has done in us, it's, it's always meant to flow through us. These disciples who meet Jesus in John 1 are the very ones who, who expand the church after Jesus dies and goes to heaven. This was just the beginning, and the mission of God flows through them. And because of their obedience, we're experiencing the results even here and now. But it all starts with this conclusion. Jesus is the Son of God. Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you that that is who you are. That you came from heaven to earth to bring us into relationship with you. And that as you draw these people to yourself, as you are the Lamb of God who, who comes to take away the sins of the world, God, we can't help but but celebrate that reality. We can't help but thank you that that in you we find life. In you we find freedom. And so, Jesus, I pray that, that all of us, God, whether we first met you many, many years ago or whether we're meeting you for the first time right now, Holy Spirit, I pray for a fresh awakening in each of our hearts, a fresh reminder, a fresh excitement because, Jesus, you are the Son of God. You're not just some, some other person that came to, to start some religion. You are God who came to rescue your people. Lord, how good you are, how kind you are. I pray that each and every day we would come to you again and that we would see that you are good. In your name, Jesus, I pray, amen.